Hi everybody, this is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories. And um, what I'm doing actually is leaving Morning Stories right now, the office, uh, and headed toward the parking lot so that I can get away. Come back renewed, full of lunch, ready to do another Morning Stories podcast. Anyway, the last couple of uh, podcasts were about people's relationships with cars. And one aspect of cars that really amazes me, car space. Car space is the thing, of course, that happens as soon as you open that car door and then close it on yourself. All of a sudden, you are in a different galaxy. Your behavior is completely different inside a car. Have you noticed, you know, your relationship to other drivers, your relationship to uh, pedestrians? I mean, think about the things that you do inside a car, which is really 90% glass, where everybody can see what you're doing that are the kinds of things you normally wouldn't do if people were looking at you on the street. You become kind of invisible inside a car. You sing to yourself, you perhaps adopt a style dress, which you might not adopt in public. You may even see to your, well, let's see, how can we put this, nasal hygiene uh, in a way that you wouldn't if you were standing with, with people all around you at a street corner. But there's another aspect of car space that really amazes me, and that is that it's, it's a personal space. It's a space that's very much a part of our own biographies. We all have a lot of memories of first things that happened to us inside cars. The first time we drove a car legally, the first time we we uh, became the main driver uh, in the family, uh, the first time that we explored uh, all of the things that you might be able to do in the backseat of the family car as well. In my case, I can't sit behind the wheel of a car and turn on the ignition and get ready to drive without thinking about my relationship with my father and how a long, long time ago he got the crazy, misbegotten idea that he was the guy to teach me how to drive. Here's today's morning story, Learning to Drive. The day my father bought the car, my mother blew her top. A car? How could he buy a car? Had he forgotten how little he was making these days? Or how much it cost to send a kid to college? I was busy looking through the window on the driver's side. God, it was gorgeous. Red leather seats, a walnut dash, and a gleaming gear shift on the floor. For all his problems with money, my father was a classy man. I realized I could help him out. I'd just remind mother how educational that car was. He could teach me how to drive. The lesson started the next day. I can still hear him screaming. Don't strangle the steering wheel. Cradle it. Cradle it. Don't yank the choke. Ease it. Don't stomp the brakes, for God's sakes. Pump them. Pump them. You're going to wreck the car. I felt terrible. I knew his doctor had told him to avoid stress. There were days his heart condition would barely let him work. This was a car we couldn't afford to fix. I worked hard to get better. Even when he was too tired to take me out, I practiced driving in my mind till that car started to feel like a part of me. The only thing I couldn't get was the clutch. Concentrate, he'd shout, but I couldn't. What's the matter with you, he'd yell. And I wouldn't know. It drove us both crazy. It was the last thing standing between me and a driver's test, and I just couldn't get it right. One afternoon, as we were bucking and grinding to a halt, he turned the key in the ignition got out of his side, and stood right in front of the car. All right, he said grimly. Start again. 
I sat there waiting for him to tell me the joke was over, but he just stood there with the hood aimed right at his chest. Look at me, he said, and do it right. I started the engine, eased the car into first, and slowly lifted my foot. I could feel the heavy, oily teeth of the gears engaging and slowly, smoothly, moving me and the car forward. I was doing it. I was really in control. A foot from the wall, he raised his hand, and I stopped the car. He looked at me from the darkness of the garage, nodded slowly, and with a little smile, walked back into the house. That weekend, I took my driver's test, and five days later, got my license in the mail. If I thought that meant I could finally get the car, I was mistaken. Except for short errands on city roads in broad daylight, he wouldn't even let me touch it. He was still treating me like a child. One afternoon on my way back from school, I saw him stopped at a light. I was surprised. He was supposed to be at home resting. The light changed, and as he lifted his hand to shift, I saw the cigarette, something he'd sworn he'd given up. Then, with that little smile, he continued on his joyride, his gaze a million miles away, looking more happy than I'd seen him in a long, long time. That Saturday, we had a fight. I told him I needed the car to get to a meeting of the Honor Society, and he told me it was too dark and rainy to be driving. I stormed out of the house. The truth was I'd arranged to show some friends I could take the car from zero to 60 in seven seconds. He drove for fun. Why couldn't I? An hour later, as he lay sleeping, I stole his keys. The kids met me by the highway and piled into the car with a pack of beer. Ten minutes later, the police stopped me for speeding, arrested us for illegal possession, and took us straight to the station. My father got to the inspector's office around ten. Under the fluorescent light, he looked old and pale and sick, his gray thinning hair wet from the rain his fingers moving restlessly by his side. He needed a smoke, of course, and couldn't do it in front of me. He seemed almost more a prisoner than I was. The inspector called us in, and since I hadn't bought or drunk the beer, he let me go. My father drove back. I sat there, watching the darkness, and feeling like a total fool. My whole relationship with this car had been an absolute flop, and probably be grounded for a decade. We stopped outside the garage, and he turned off the ignition and looked at me. Then, he smiles and hands me the keys. Here, kid, he says. Why don't you take us for a spin? We're back in the rain now, coasting down the highway. I'm shifting effortlessly, confident and watchful, aware of what a good driver I really am. What a wonderful thing he's done for me, I'm thinking, after all our fights, to trust me like this. Does he have any idea how much I admire him? Other fathers are younger, healthier, more able to make a living than he is, but every day, as his world's gotten smaller, he's done his best and always kept his style. We haven't said it in years, not since I was small and he was well, but before it's too late, I love you, Dad, I tell him. Son, he says, I love you too. Our ride never happened, of course. This was the 50s, after all, and we were men. 
He just closed his hand around the keys. We both looked at our shoes and silently walked single file back into the house. So that was today's morning story, learning to drive. As you know, right, at the end of every single morning stories, we render due credit to uh, our funder. And since I'm behind the wheel and should keep my eyes on the road, Gary, would you mind doing that for us? Oh, sure, yeah. Podcasts of WGBH's morning stories are made possible in part with support from Ipswich, a leader in file transfer software. Further information is available at ipswich.com. That's I-P-S-W-I-T-C-H dot com. Be sure to keep tuned and keep on downloading us, and we'll give you something to download uh, every Friday. And we should also remind people what care? Oh, we should remind people about our website at wgbh.org slash morning stories. Lots of good listening there. Also, our email address. Please let us know what you think about what we're doing or... uh, if you have some crazy ideas or for stories about stories what happened to you inside in a car. Your own life. Morning stories at uh, WGBH.org. Great. Thanks a lot. See you next week. All righty. Bye.